welcome to another edition of Bella Whitman's Curse. As always, I'm your host, Steve Sutherland, alongside Julian Amarante. Julian, how are you doing today after all of the matches we've had this morning? Yeah, I'm still trying to kind of stay on top of though the Barca-Sevilla match. I'm following Sid Lowe on Twitter as we speak. Uh, interesting stuff today. Interesting stuff. I mean, uh, kind of in line with what we've been saying, you know, the last couple of weeks to ourselves about where we see particularly the English Premiership going. I think uh, I think we're, we're, we're going to be in for a good season. I think, I think it's going to go right down to the wire this year. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. Definitely and definitely in England. Although definitely some surprises uh, have popped up today as well across across Europe, and we'll definitely get into those. Before we do that, um, so we're just coming back out of the international break. Julian, do you have any thoughts about uh, what happened in, in Europe, in, in South America? Really well, anything that stood out to you? The thing that stood out to me was just basically, uh, the well, I mean, the Spain-England match, the uh, troubles with Germany, and uh, the surprise, uh, the surprising style of Italy. Okay, so I mean, I, I guess we'll start off with the Spain England match. There, I did not, I did not see this coming. Uh, I don't think anybody else did, to be quite honest with you. I think that if they did, they were they're lying. Okay. Um, to me, it looks like Pique was definitely smart to retire at this point. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, look, uh, I'll just say this from the top. Spain seems to be reverting back to their old self, which is perennial underachievers, okay? Talented, always talented, and then when the big games come up, guess what? They fall short. This was Spain throughout the 80s, the 90s, until Tiki Taka comes, okay? Uh, always with a great potential and never filling out. But I think a couple things need to be said from my point of view. Um the difference, uh, the last goal that, uh, uh, the second goal that um, uh, Sterling sh- uh, makes, I think that's the last shot until they scored the third goal. So they only they only had four shots on net, and I believe that uh, Spain had was in like the twenties, the high twenties. I'm, I'm not I, I'm not entirely sure about that, but what to me it shows the difference in clinical finishing. Okay, and that's that's you know we always come back to that the ball's got to go in the net. The goals by England, especially uh, the first goal by Sterling, was like clinical. I mean, the pass by Rashford was just stunning, and you know England pops in those goals, and the, the match then you know okay Spain pours it on, but they can't close the deal. Yeah, and I think the the real surprising thing, and maybe it's just because their form is translating from their Madrid form, is really that. Uh, Asensio and Isco weren't really turning it on until the second half of the match. Yeah, I know. They, they, and, and the only reason they came, uh, uh, they seemed to turn it on is because they, they looked like they were just going to be completely embarrassed. I mean, they came on. I mean, if you when you watch the match um, or highlights of it, the first 15 minutes belonged to Spain. I mean, they had some really good half chances, some really good uh, uh, solid chances. But then... You know, like I said, it, 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 you know, what wins this game sometimes when two teams are kind of evenly matched, and that's the difference between big champions and uh, well-played games, is clinical finishing. Yeah, and I, I just think for, for the England side, one, Sterling's first two England goals in over 1,100 days. Which is huge for him. It's going to be interesting to see how this affects him. 
uh, both at the domestic, like, yeah. the domestic level too. But could you do you think that it's possible that even though England is very like metropolitan now, they're they're very continental based on the the players that are actually playing in England. It's not a lot of English players make getting a lot of time with with top teams. Do you think that this is starting to speak and really grow the relative strength of the English squad in a continental tournament, continental game? Well, I mean, I, I think it comes down to the fact of uh, there's a couple of things that come that, that that are kind of important here. Um, I think that the standard of play has gotten much better in the Premiership, precisely because it's become the well, I mean, it is the world's best league because of the money, the player, the uh, salaries that they can attract. So they're bringing in top managers. They're bringing in top players. The level of play, I mean, compared to the 90s and the first, de- the first decade of, of, of this millennium, I mean, this is like some real bad football. But we're starting to see now, uh, I think, the fruits, re- uh, uh, you know, I mean, being re- – but also, you know – I don't think they've done this. This is a bit by accident, you know, and I think it's got a lot to do with the popularity of the game. The, 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 the standard of, of youth in England is getting better. Yes, the FA try, tried to kind of revamp its system, but I still think they fell short in terms of what they should have done and what they could have done. And uh, I think that what's happening is, you know, football is popular. A lot of young people are playing and, uh, you know, they're starting to see this. And I think that, I think, I think this English squad is a product of, you know, different uh, different styles, learning, uh, you know, being being involved in more pressure, high-pressure games and having to perform. I'd like to point out Sterling didn't score today and uh, uh, Man City scored five, okay? So, you know, maybe it's a fluke. Now, did he play the whole 90 minutes? I, I haven't I haven't checked that one yet. Because maybe Pep is holding him for the, the Champions League game later this yeah, week. Yeah, later this week. Probably, I mean, more likely than not, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else? I mean, anything the only other thing is Spain looks like they're on the way to be relegated out of of uh, the A tier of the the Nations League. So they're in a group with England and Croatia, and it does look like Spain is probably going to be on their way down to the B division of it, that tournament. This tournament, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around, I mean, I think they're going to have the last laugh on me. I think eventually this tournament will be something that will be hallowed and everybody will like it. But right now, the way it sounds to me, it just looks like a just distorted mess. So I, I told you that there were three divisions. There's yeah. actually four. Gibraltar looks like they've won two games, two games now. Yeah. So they are. it looks like they might actually get promoted to... Uh, to Group C. Well, I mean, I'll tell you something. I mean, when we get into this this thing, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's why I'm more interested. I'm more interested in watching the lower division matches, like, you know, Serbia, Montenegro, Albania, uh, the smaller countries play than I'm watching the big countries play. But I think, uh, and I, I mean, I know that Mancini is not taking this tournament serious. Uh, he's actually said it in the Italian press in La Gazzetta dello Sporto and Il Correo dello Sporto. And I actually think that a lot of the big clubs are not taking it serious uh, or as serious as they should, right? I still think that they're kind of locked into kind of like, you know, the still friendly mentality. I think they'll wake up, but this time it's going to be too late, right? So, um, but I mean, that was a great, great match. Uh, yeah. Kudos to England. Uh, they got the result, and they got the result in Spain. Yeah. Last thing before we move on to another team that might be getting relegated from this uh, from from the A division is uh, two of your favorite coaches right now, uh, in Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane. Both sound like they're on the way out. Even 
Keen has Keen has kind of announced that he's looking for a job in the championship. So. Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, that's good for Irish football. Uh, if you listen to Barry Glendening uh, on the Guardian podcast, he'll basically tell you that they can't. Um, uh, the English, uh, the Irish FA cannot afford to fire O'Neill and um, uh, Keen because they'll be on the hook for the contracts and they just don't have the money. Yeah. And if Keen and O'Neill do the honorable thing and step aside, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people in the Irish FA will be breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. Moving on to um, a team that has gladly, I think, gla- I think gladly disappointed us is yeah. probably the, the best way to say it. When what what is it uh, we always say when when Germany loses football wins? wins yeah. Um, and, and well, they're still losing and bad. I mean, like, did they ever get a thumping by the Netherlands, uh, three nil? Uh, and maybe, maybe like we're gonna see the Netherlands jump up. I mean, they've got a lot of young players that look really great. Matthias uh, de Link, the, yeah, Depay the... is finally coming uh, uh, on 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 uh, on uh, side. Uh, uh, Kluivert. Like, and they're young, right? Like, I mean, so perhaps we might see something different come out of the Netherlands. Um, but Germany, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, you know what? I, well, I, we do understand. I think, to be honest with you, this is what happens when you play with 11 midfielders, okay? And they don't get a goal scorer. They don't get a guy who's going to be poaching goals for them. Well, and I think the the other problem is, and this kind of goes back to what I said about England, having relative strength at the top of the league, with Bayern being you know, relatively weak right now, is that having an adverse effect on the national team? Because you see at Dortmund, like Dortmund's not full of German players. They're very, they're very cosmopolitan. Like they have players from all around the world. Like Bayern, you know, as, as Germany goes or as Bayern goes, so does the other. Like, so they. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because I mean, like, you know, the style of football under low. Okay. Uh, has worked. Worked. I mean, like it's it, it's like not only worked, it's like worked amazingly, and then all of a sudden it just stopped working. And it's not like he's not had like uh, like you know a, a new influx of players. I mean, he won the Confederations Cup with basically a third string team. Okay, so now he's basically using first to third string players. It's the same players. You know, I don't know what's wrong. I mean, uh, I, I I haven't been really following it as much as I I should, but there's definitely you know, some kind of disconnect within the management of, of the players and the style. Maybe it's time for Lowe to move on and maybe it's time to bring somebody else in. I, I don't see Lowe surviving this. No, especially if they're about yeah. to be relegated. To the well, they are, aren't they? I don't think it's guaranteed yet. I still think because it's only match day four. So there are two match days left. So if they can pull six points out yeah. and be dependent on other results, they might be able to finish second and stay in the group. France plays another suffocatingly boring uh, style of game and manages to win 2-1. It's working at this point. Can yeah. we... Can we... Like, no, no, it's a, you know, I mean, like, you know, we're going to get into this, I think. You know, I mean, look, it's working. It's results. Props. Uh, yeah, uh, that's good management, right? And that's good uh, tactics. But for me, I want to see courage. You know what I mean? Uh, at least courage and daring, and uh, you know that's with just the that's players. Just... With the players that are in that team, yeah. they, they they should be playing a much more high tempo press game. Attractive. That. Yeah, I mean, but what is attractive? Attractive could be de- de- defensing. I mean, we can get into this. I mean, this is this is why we're all football fans, right? It's because of the relative relativity. 
but you know of opinions and because you just don't win and you just don't lose you know you come close i mean the, the game there's always open discussion when it comes to football matches you know the, if this would have went here and this would have went here at this kind of the game but i just want to say this about the french team yes it's working and you know what that kind of football cannot be dismissed it should not be dismissed but they just don't seem i mean with the players they have on the field i mean this generation of french players you know i mean these guys are like amazing Okay, and yet they play this kind of suffocating, uh, uh, conservative kind of style. There's no daring, you know, like a, like Danny Blanchflower, the great player from Tottenham, once used to say, "Go for the goal." I would say like Mbappe has that daring yeahness to him, unleashing. Yeah, you definitely. Know? But they yeah. they they just don't. Yeah, I mean, it's well, they kinda... they kind of let him do what he does because it that's that's where right now it's not where Pogba goes, for example, it's where Mbappe goes, France goes with. Yeah, it's 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 the technocracy of of the manager, which we've been talking about, and I think like you know, I mean, managers and players are becoming technocrats, you know. Yeah, but I think with Mbappe, you still see like a very much like enjoyment. Like there's a there's still like that you can see there's that enjoyment element to what he's doing with the with the flicks and everything like he still still enjoys that part of the I mean if you go to, yeah but I mean of course you're going to enjoy yourself against Nantes <laughs> and, and yeah they won and, five I think they yeah. won five nil against Amiens today Amiens and Nîmes like, of course you know what I mean let's see how they get a feel when they get left out of the Champions League in, in, in well, the opening round they, so they have Napoli coming up in the yeah. Champions League but we'll talk about that a little bit later and then sure. lastly you wanted to get into uh, into this last round of Italy games the, wow I just want to say something about the, the Italian team shocked me their performance against Poland was incredible they won on an injury time goal which, uh, I mean, there's a downside, right? They should have scored easily four or five times, but they didn't, okay? And that's, I think, the shortcoming, is that there is the, 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 the hit the, they hit the bar, I think, three times, but they, they, they seem to have this issue with just finishing, and I mean, clinically, not that they cannot create chances. That team was, that's the way that Italian team should play. That's the potential they have. It was very wide open, very well uh, uh, constructed in terms of a balance between defending and attacking. And if this is the case, I, I feel good about the future of the Italian national team. Like, and before this game, I basically thought, you know what? Italian national team fans have to get used to the fact that they might not even qualify for the, for the next Euro. But uh, Mancini, you know, seems to know what he's doing because he, he got – Two good matches out of them. And the last match, they look like they actually played with a great deal of confidence and attacking guile. And I hope that can continue. I hope it continues. But, like, again, it's one game, right? Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think avoiding the uh, the friendly curse now of just not playing <coughs> friendlies and having games that actually matter. When they start to learn that these types of games matter, because there is a trophy at the end of this tournament that you can play for, right? Yeah. So. Um, um, we should move. We should. You know, since we're on the topic of international, uh, I think it, there's not much more to say because. Well, did you want to say anything about Argentina, Brazil? No, that was boring, man. 
that's that's something to say about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was boring. I mean, not only was it boring, uh, this little tournament that they had, which was like you know Argentina. Brazil, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. Politically speaking, uh, Saudi Arabia should be boycotted entirely right now. Well, there I mean, are a few countries. Scotland went to Israel, and, yeah. and I think we would agree there as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, there should be there should be a ban, and Saudi Arabia is one of them. Uh, I mean, I watched the matches on BNTV. I watched Brazil play Saudi Arabia, and I watched uh, Argentina play Iraq. And, I mean, big deal. Okay, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was like these were like you know training, training pitch matches for Brazil and Argentina. The, the 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 final between the two of them just just did nothing for me. Yep, there were some cool things that happened at because uh, it's uh, African Cup of Nations qualifying as well. Fantastic, some some absolutely yeah. fantastic matches. Nigeria, the flying eagles flying high. Yet again, um, a lot of people thinking Odiana Gallo and, and the rest of, because they have an incredible attacking team. But again, will they be able to put it together in an international tournament? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, again, Egypt, uh, see. Uh, I watched uh, the Egypt Sw- uh, Swaziland, uh, uh, but they, they've changed their name. I Swaziland. Yeah. Um, uh, Egypt is a very attractive team to watch. Uh, you can see that uh, this influence of this kind of like um, – uh, you know, fourth man, third man, triangular kind of passing has really, really taken hold over there too. Uh, the, I mean, that's where it gets interesting. But outside of that, yeah. I mean, I'm more interested in what you thought about the Canadian women's game. Uh, so they lost 2-0. Yeah. Uh, so both the U.S. and uh, Canada went undefeated into the CONCACAF Women's Championship, which meant that they had already qualified for the World Cup in 2019 in France. But that's that was pretty much expected on the relative strength of these two squads. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people thought that Mexico had the opportunity to spring a bit of a surprise, but yeah. at, at the end of the day, they didn't even end up getting out of the group. Right. Um. You you had Panama and Jamaica. Jamaica qualifying uh, for the first time ever, actually, uh, on penalties over Panama. They went to penalties after a two-two uh, final in their match. Um. The U.S. grabbed an early goal and then did what they did what they do. Like they could, they could teach their men's team probably a thing or two about uh, how to how to hold on to a lead and how to build on a lead. Alex Morgan scores again, probably one of the best women's players out there right now, if not the best. Yeah, um, they look very um, uh, they look very strong. I mean, they have to be a contender for the for the World Cup. So they scored 26 goals. They did not concede a single goal throughout all of qualifying. Uh, Canada only uh, conceded the two goals. Um, they scored 24 on their way to the final. Um, they're six. The U.S. are 16 0 and two so far in 20, uh, 2018. They haven't lost a game in 26 straight matches. <sighs> Always expected with this American women's team, though, right? Yeah, they exactly. they turn out they're very gonna, good good players. Um, they're going to be there all the time. Uh, love to see Christine Sinclair is seven goals back now of um, of the all time goal scoring record. So be nice to see if she could do it at the World Cup. That would be great. Wouldn't she be great if she actually could plug like seven or eight? And we I think she'll well, she, she has to score a few before then. I think yeah. because I think uh, she's not. She's kind of dropped out of the striker role a little bit. She's yeah. playing a little further sat back, which is working uh, for the team. I know a lot of people were really worried when when John Herdman left for the men's team that the women's team were going to have a bit of a 
bit of a drop off, but I don't I don't think that happened. I well, right, let's uh, let's wait and see. All right, so uh, from there, we're just going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll jump to our European leagues and uh, talk about some of the matches that have happened today. We'll be right back. All right. And we are back. So let's uh, let's get started this morning with the with the very early game uh, coming to us from England. Uh, two of the historically great sides of the Premier League era. With uh, I don't even know, like what Chelsea has five league championships. Manchester United has eighteen. So that's there are a lot of trophies between the two of these teams over the last uh, a last amount of years. Uh, I guess, what were your early thoughts on the match? Or what did you think was going to happen in this match? And, and were your predictions right? A lot to say. Um, I I did not really know what to expect uh, from both teams. I, I, I thought that you know the, the stakes were high for, for United, particularly uh, Mourinho. Um, I think that um, I expected um, – well, I mean, I was disappointed by Chelsea, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Um, they, um, I think they put, I think they took the, the foot off the gas when they were one nothing. I think, uh, Sarri played a little bit too conservative and I think, you know, he got punished for it. But at the same time, I don't think that the problems that Manchester United have were solved by the fact that really they looked like they were going to get the result there. I think that, you know, once again, very, very weak first half. Um, second half, they, they came along, but I, I don't think I don't think it was the, the tactical change of Mata being put on. Although Mata does change. Well, Mata started the game. Like, let's be yeah. let's because I I significantly disagree with you on the first half. Did Chelsea get their chances in the first half? Yes. Yeah. Due to some defensive letdowns, especially which I don't think you can contribute to a manager when a player turns off on a on a set piece. That's on the player. Yeah, but like I mean, it's also the setup. I mean, like uh, you, you practice those all week. Like, of I'm, course, I mean th- that. Yeah, that that's de- that's definite. But I also think that what we saw there was like a team that was very lethargic. I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't impressed by them. We've I mean, allowed, so Manchester United have allowed the most goals outside of the bottom three, and they're supposed to be a defensive team. Yeah, and and the thing about this is, is like you know. They come on in the second half and they rally the forces again, like you know, in the Newcastle game. But it's it's not tactical. I mean, the system was is there. It's 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 the relative strength of the players on the field. I mean, like the talent that's there. I mean, the first goal is a poach goal. I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's a goal strictly on Martial's quick wit, clinical finishing again. And, uh, you know, they're, they're moving, they're moving, but they're running, right? And it's a lot of kind of like unstructured play. I mean, this is supposed to be a squad that's supposed to be playing within a system. And there doesn't seem to be a system that's holding together, right? Until, you know, they, they and I mean, that speaks volumes because these guys, I mean, if they're coming back just on pure effort and guile, okay, Imagine if they actually applied themselves to the system that works. They would actually be a better So, team. So that's the thing. It's... Are the players so there? I think there are two sides to it. Are the are the players really applying themselves well enough to the system? I, I don't think so. Like 
you saw it in the Newcastle game. Both Newcastle goals were defensive failures that you cannot put on the manager because they both missed their marker. Again, the first goal in uh, in today's game, uh, Rudiger's header, is again you lost your marker. These are like these are fundamental, basic skills you learn growing up. Like these aren't these aren't things you should have to be taught. At a, at a player well, at this I mean, age. This, this, I mean, fine. I mean, like, those are, like, glaring mistakes. And, yeah, and, 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 they, not, and they're mistakes of amateurs, especially you won't expect that from a caliber of play of a guy like Pogba. But here's the thing, right? This insistence on playing players in certain positions and playing certain things and, and jamming the peg into the square peg into a round hole. I mean, it's like I'm going to force my players to play my system. I think that that is a wrong philosophy. And I think that the philosophy should be, I have players, I have a general system, but then, you know, I have to basically adjust my player, my system to the players. I mean, I, 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 I watched this with a great deal of frustration in the 90s with the Italian national team. Uh, under Arrigo Saki, which was like an extraordinary team of like, extraordinary talent. And they would win like these games like one nothing. I mean, they suffered for the qualification. They barely qualified. They had to beat Portugal at the end. And this was an extraordinarily powerful team. And he did the same thing. System, system, system. As opposed to changing it to them. You but, can't, you can't think that Pogba is the, is the defensive midfielder that Mourinho thinks he is. This is a, mistake on Mourinho's behalf. But there have been, so there, I'm going to go back then to a match that United ended up losing 3-0, where Pogba played more forward. So Mourinho changed the system to suit the players, and it failed spectacularly, because the players failed spectacularly. Well, well, of course, you know, this is the thing. There's a great deal of confusion. They don't even know what to expect anymore, right? I mean, this is it. Like, this this rest there's no but communication. You know, there is there's this, training. There's of I, course there's I, training. I would, I would but this is this is the fact that that Mourinho cannot get this message across. He is not a good people person unless you have full unquestioned loyalty. Okay, players that are doing that, he does not get to these players. This is passe. But there's this no isn't there's, work but there's no manager that gets that. Well, from. that's bullshit. Look at look at Klopp. Okay, look at the relationship that Klopp has with his, with his players, the respect that he gets. There are certain, okay. but there are certain, like, there have been enough rumblings that come out of that camp as well. But yeah. let's face it, it's Manchester United. There's more media coverage to that team. Yeah, but Manchester United has this persecution complex that they're saying that the media is always against them. Well, like, the you, know, you can't have it both ways. You win. You know, I mean, there are times where Manchester United has always been favored on small calls, and th- but this is part of the game, right? I mean, you're going to be under scrutiny when you attract that kind of scrutiny. I mean, Mourinho is all about. I mean, this is a guy who called himself the special one. I mean, and of course the cameras are going to turn. He invites this, okay? And this is the problem. The, the problem is not a question of tactics. The problem is not a question of talent. It's a problem of, of you know, I, I, it's an HR problem. And they would need, in my opinion, an HR manager. And, you know, I, I don't think that the problems 
because they got the result, and even if they would have even got the win today, I don't think the problem. I think a, a draw today is a result for yeah. how the team has been playing. Like, I, 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 well, I mean, I'm, I'm, that was not what I was going to say. The result that they got is, is is a positive result, and even if they would have won, I don't think the problems are going to go away or they're going to alleviate and get better. I think that this problem is going to remain. No, so I think I think the problem has started to alleviate, and here's here's why, um, and I, and it's one player who has, you know, who seems to be finally responding to Mourinho in the same way that Luke Shaw has been responding to Mourinho at the start of the season. Last two games, three goals, two games, Tony Martial is playing instead of Sanchez. They've, they've like, Mourinho's finally made the decision to say, you're, you're performing, you're going to play. That's a very good point. And, and I think that's a fair point, and I think that's exactly the way this thing has to operate instead of this crazy soap opera that i got to keep giving Sanchez a chance because he's getting paid. He's the highest-paid player in, in, in the premiership. He's not playing well. Uh, he, he might even be past his due date, to be quite honest with you. Um, there are, uh, There's a lot of guys that are doing this, and I think there's a lot of guys that, that would be willing. And I think until this gets sorted out, I don't see United – like until their personnel issues, get sorted out in terms of the right mixture of people. I don't think they're going to get better. I mean, I don't think they are going to win the championship this year. I think that... I wouldn't disagree. I think that they're going to fight to get into the top five. I think that's probably fair considering the relative strength of the top half of... And you have to judge, right? Will this be considered a success? I think that's I think that's 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 fair, but let's like if we're going to judge it on a different level. So is is Mourinho, and I hate this because this is what Mourinho talks about the respect, right, and three trophies. But you have you have managers who are managing these other teams, Klopp, Pochettino. They haven't won anything. That's right. In year in the years that they've been at their clubs. But even Mourinho, right? Like to be fair, what have you done for me lately? And that's the, that's the discussion in football these days, right? It's you know you can rest on your past laurels, but that's after you're retired and history yeah. begins to judge well, you. Well, second place last year, I think, considering how just how good that Manchester City team was, and is probably going to be considered one of the greatest Premier League single season sides of all time um second place was actually very well achieved last year mm-hmm. um and the year before like year and, before you wrote like you've you and you'll admit this is the europa league is one of the hardest trophies to win to win yeah and but at the same time i mean no he like yeah he gets championships and he, and he does his job but um you know this is a like i mean let's you know, we'll talk about this later when we when we come to Spain. Um, you know, these are clubs that expect you to win every time, and they're not particularly patient. Oh, it's been five years since yeah. we can like Manchester United fans have. Well, I mean, you should be happy. There's a with, bit of a lull. You should be happy with Van Hal's FA Cup. You should be happy with the European Cup or the Europa Cup, but the European Champions League and this Premier League, you know, you can't win all the time. And not with not with the mix that you have, okay. There is definitely some dysfunctionality there, okay. And uh, I think it starts from the top, but yeah, it, I mean, I think it's, it's running right it's, through right it, now. Something's rotten in the state of Manchester. Yeah. Um, 
Moving on, uh, West Ham today didn't. I don't think they deserve to lose to Tottenham. I don't think Tottenham showed us really anything, anything special. Fulham, ah, that a, breaks my heart, man, against Cardiff City. I mean, uh, they'll have to figure it out quick. Soon, I thought that you know what. After the break, you know, there was going to get the the management uh, had enough time to breathe, put some stuff together. They had what, what probably some might consider an easier game, you know. Uh, and I know they played away, but still, uh, that does not look like a good result for Fulham. And and if things keep going this way, I just don't see them staying up. I know it's early, so very early, but these are these are that's, three that's points. a six pointer. That's yeah, early. yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, Man City, you know, you were saying earlier, listen, this Man City team could prove to be just as good this year as they were last well, year. Well, remember, I, we talked about this last week. De Bruyne is still out. Yeah. Um, and they just won 5-0 against a very good defensive Burnley side. They're, 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 I mean, you know, uh, let's see what happens when they come up against the top five, right? I mean, when they have to play, you know, we saw the game against Liverpool. Let's see when they have to play United. Let's see when they have to play uh, Tottenham. Let's see when they play Arsenal. Let's see when they play you know Chelsea again. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what what happens here. Um, the other game that that uh, I mean Liverpool. Remember we said last week they look wobbly. Uh, is this maybe another sign of wobbly, or is this just you know get the result and let's shut up and move on? Yeah, Huddersfield denied a denied a, a pretty clear penalty in in this one as well, which. Uh, which was was rather surprising. It looked like Klopp rested a lot of players. They're headed to uh, they're headed to Red Star in the upcoming yeah. Champions League match. So, a few players rested. They had a lot of players come back injured as well from the uh, from from the international break. So, I just want to say one more thing about United. Uh, I, I I don't think that they're lousy. I just think at the end of the day they're underachieving. You know. And uh, this, 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 this has to, uh, you know, I mean, this has to change. This has to change. It will, um, but I think management changes need to be made, whether it's at the Mourinho level or if it's higher up. Uh, myself, I think it should be higher up, but I know there is uh, tons of debate over that. Um, moving on to uh, to Syria. Actually, wait, before we go to Syria, Leeds lost today. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Still in fourth. We're cheering for them, aren't we? Like, if we decided. It is, the, it is like a cardinal sin for me to, like, enjoy watching Leeds do well. Yeah. Well, I think it's important that I think we need Leeds back and a good Leeds, not the kind of, you know, disheveled up and down leads that yeah. we have. Leeds needs to be back in the premiership. Okay. And uh you know they're they're a story club and I I I, I, I don't know if I've decided that I'm you know, I like Bielsa and I want to see the, I want to see his style of football uh you know succeed. So I'm hoping that, that I'm hoping that it happens. Perfect. Okay, moving on to Syria. I'll go to you first. Uh, do you want to talk about the big disappointment or something you're happy about? No, I know it's, it's just a disappointment to see Roma doing what they're at home against Spal. 
Like, what is going on for crying out loud? I mean, okay, I understand you've been depleted, but on paper, this is still a fantastic football club. Yet they say, can't seem to string one or two win- wins together. They, another, another inconsistent performance. I mean, them and Manchester United, the two most inconsistent teams in Europe right now. But I'd have to say that Roma is probably far more inconsistent than Man United is. Uh, I mean, this is, this is terrible. This, this is, this is, uh, this is, uh, uh, how do I put it? This is a tragedy, okay? <laughs> because it's not good for the Italian Serie A, for Roma to be slipping after this incredibly good season they had last year. 16 shots, or 18, sorry, against six. Uh, 63% possession, 555 passes to 322. Yeah, but I mean, Just look at the, this is where, this is where their issue comes in. The incessant fouling. Yeah. But the analytics, there's one analytic that only matters, man. And yeah. that's the score at the end of the game. To know. And yeah. And uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, Genoa against uh, uh, Juventus. Uh, Juventus drops points, surprisingly, at home. We were not expecting. It's their first It's their first non-win of, of the season, actually. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, it could be that they took this game lightly because uh, – the big game is on Wednesday uh, between United and Juventus, and they're playing at home, I think. And this is going to be this is going to be a real interesting match because I think that a lot of this is going to. Uh, I mean, uh, this game between United and Juventus, I think, is going to tell us a lot about where these two teams are. But going back to this, um, looking at the lineup, though, like he didn't he didn't hold back. Well, they. Um, this should have been an elementary result. Uh, props uh, to Genoa, okay? Um, for them to, to go into, into Torino and get a draw, that's that, that's a success, okay? So, uh, you know, I can't say I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm actually quite happy to see this. Uh, I hope that, uh, uh, though, however, I, I don't want to see Inter take points tomorrow. Although it's going to put a premium on on an in, on, uh, an injured victory because uh, we have the, we have the derby tomorrow, and I also think that this game is also going to tell us a lot where where both Inter Milan and AC Milan are this year. Uh, I think that this is going to be a, an important yardstick game. Uh, they've referred to this as the most important derby in a decade. Uh, yeah, this is going to be really in a hotly contested three points. Milan seems to be enjoying some good form. So does Inter. Uh, I think that if Inter wants to make a statement that they're actually going to try to kind of compete with Juventus, they're going to have to try to uh, uh, to win this match. Uh, and I think at the same time, if uh, Milan wants to signal to its fans that it's serious, it also has to win. This is kind of like a cup game, I would say. But here's the thing. Um, I just want to say one last thing about this. Um, this is going to be a blood pack. I can see both teams committing as much as 25 fouls each tomorrow. And I could see easily one or two red cards. Yeah, well, you have Nangolan, who is already kind of firing yeah. warning shots of that yeah. happening. Uh, this is going to be a really physical match. And I think technical football might go out the window. Prediction on, on the score? No. No, not at all. You know, predict how many red cards at least? I think one for minimum, uh, maybe two. Um, I really, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I want to, I, 
go with my heart, but I got to be honest with you. I, uh, I, I'm more interested to see what both teams, uh, what kind of statement both teams are going to make. Uh, and going on right now, Napoli's up 1-0. Yeah, Napoli's got to take advantage of the slip-up by Juventus if they want to uh, tell everybody that they're actually serious this year about, you know, uh, challenging. I mean, they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll move up. And uh, this is, this, this you know, I, I'm really surprised that Juventus, uh, well, and, and quite delighted that they actually gave up the points. I mean, it adds a little bit of spice. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Germany. Germany. Uh, what was... I'm sorry, I didn't follow any of the matches in the Bundesliga today. Uh, but all I can say is that we have this this problem here that it seems that that Bayern is kind of teetering and a bit of a crisis. And uh, oh, I see the score just came up three one over Wolfsburg. That's a big win. They they needed this, especially after crying that the media was uh, you know uh, unfair to them. You know, I'm really tired of these big clubs. Okay, screaming, you know, pulling this kind of Trump bullshit, you know, that, oh, the media is not fair to us. The media, you know, be quiet. You're a multi-million dollar organization. You know, uh, you're expected to win. Okay. And you well, what more would you expect from FC Hollywood? Yeah. I mean, this, 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 you know, I mean, I, I, what I would have liked is I would have liked them to lose today. But, you know, I mean, you know. Well, at least your favorite player got red carded today. Oh really? Yes. Okay, Robin. Good. So, That's good. So oh, I okay. I've got to look this up on YouTube. Okay, I've got to look this up on YouTube. I I I, I hope he he whined like like a little baby that that he is. Probably you know through his arms. Yeah, through a little tantrum, yeah. like a, a little petulant child. Uh, Dortmund with the, Four and a half the big result. Jaden Sancho with his first goal for Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, this Dortmund team, you, you know, Royce. Know. If Royce stays healthy. Incredible. Royce, I think, is probably one of the most uh, injury-ridden talents out there right now. But if he gets a gets some time to stay healthy, he'll do very well. Paco Alcacer did st- not stay at uh, did not stay at Barcelona this year. Any anything that might actually be missing him uh, yeah, based on this scoring, right? Big big result. I mean, I, you know. I don't know where you stand on, on, on Dortmund, but you got to be cheering for them. I mean, they're actually playing very, very wide open and attractive football. And, uh, I hope that, I hope that they, they, they can keep this run going. I haven't uh, lost the game yet. Yeah. Cause, you know, I think, I think sooner or later it's going to be between them and Bayern, maybe Leipzig, you know, kind of getting in the mix, uh, since they bought everybody and buy everything. So. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, Dortmund on the pole position. Let's hope that they can keep it. Perfect. I think that's all really to say. About yeah, that's – there's not Germany, much. we really were just going to talk about how yeah. Bayern should just shut up and play. Yeah, and we're delighted in the fact that Bayern is, is like, having – but, it, yeah, I think that that win does a lot to help them. So we go to – Last, uh, well, not the last, but I mean, you you gotta love that Real Madrid lost again to Leganes. Levante, uh, no Levante today. Sorry, like the last and they thirty-four had, shots on on net, twelve of which landed on target. Seventy-one percent possession, six hundred and one passes to two hundred and seventy-two passes. Okay, I just want to say only one goal. Yeah, but in I, the seventy-second minute, yeah. which took them to. F- 465, I think, was the quoted minutes uh, for them to score a goal. 
the longest goalless drought in 116 year history. Well, let's just put this here, like like on the table here. Um, uh, Laptui. Uh, is he gone? Who replaces him? I have no idea. Because I don't think Jardim would go to. Well, Real Madrid uh, get anybody uh, there has want. been very good at pulling rabbits out of the hat. Okay, um, <laughs> this, this. I mean, I'm enjoying this, but let me qualify this. I don't think. Um, I just think that what's going on is Real Madrid is in a process of rebuilding. Okay, but they still have very good players that should be winning games. This is the thing, but they're young. Okay, I mean, if you call up the, the uh, if you call up the, their squad, okay, so I bring mean, up the lineup. They have extraordinary. I mean, like, the, the, I mean, right from the net out, they have they have Courtois. Okay, Varane, yeah, Varane, Casemiro, Casemiro, uh, uh, Asensio, Vasquez, Isco. Now you can see very clearly. Maybe they didn't send out their strongest lineup because, again, Champions League coming this week. Yeah, so. this this should have been an, uh, an academic. I mean, sorry, uh, this should have been like a, an afterthought. They should have been able to win this easily. There's some serious troubles there. Obviously, I think uh, Lop is gone. Uh, I, uh, I I really do. But I also think, like I said, I think that this is a rebuilding year. And here's the thing, right? Real Madrid. Has never rebuilt. Well, no, they, they I mean they retool. They, they retool and they buy things, and that's a good point. That's a really good point. But the thing which really important is they're not patient. Okay, they want to win every match, and not only do they want to win every match, every match has to be won beautifully, and that's just impossible. And uh, you know, this is—I I don't think they've come to terms with the fact that this squad needs to be rebuilt and they have to be patient with bringing these guys up. And um, yeah, they need to look for replacements for Tony Cruz, Luka Modric. Like they need to start. I, I think, I think uh, uh, Benzema needs to probably go. Gareth Bale will probably be sold. Yeah, There's no, a lot of rumors around that. I think, I think that, uh, I, I, I think that uh, uh, we're going to see uh, uh, the first firing, the first mark. Well, Jardim is considered the first marquee firing. I think this will be the second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Villarreal held uh, Atleti today 1-1. Um, not good. Not not a good thing for Atleti, man. I mean, they, they – uh, Had a chance to pull a little bit further, further away. away. Yeah, man. These are like important points, right? And, and you know, uh, tell me that they're not kind of monitoring the other team's match while their match is going on because they know, right? At the end of the day, there's going to be three or four teams. But, you know, Steve, this goes to what you said last week. You know, there's a kind of a, um, parody that's taking place in Spain, you know, and it's got a lot to do uh, – you know, I mentioned last week that there's a lot of money that's been coming up. And there is, like you said, like a kind of parody that's kind of coming with the bottom teams. You pointed this out last week. Maybe this is what we're seeing. I don't know. Oh wow! So uh, we're just we're we're doing this right now as Barcelona and Sevilla are playing, and it is two nothing in the thirty seventh in the thirty seventh minute. So Barcelona has obviously taken note of the of of the results with a, a, a Atleti tying uh, and uh, um, Real Madrid losing, and also with Sevilla being ahead of them. You know they realize that this is a six pointer. So I mean. You, you, I mean, you, you know, at this level, you got to take into consideration what the other teams are doing now. So uh, goals for uh, oh, Coutinho in the in the second minute, and of course, uh, 
Messi scores again. Speaking of which, did you see Coutinho's tackle on Messi in the game between Brazil and no. Argentina? Ooh, vicious. Vicious. I mean, I, I, that, I, when I saw that happen, I just thought, tell me these two guys, that's it. That damages their friendship within, within, within the locker room at, at Barcelona. It was a vicious tackle. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we didn't talk about something. We must go back. Sorry, since we're on this Real Madrid topic. Uh, I, um, the tackle on, on Sergio Ramos. So and, which and, one? The Ramos tackle on uh, Sterling, which was a stamp. I don't care. Yeah, like, I know. Totally, totally. It. But totally, the, totally. you're talking the dire tackle. What on a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, that's that's what I want to do to Iron Robin. Okay. He came running from way back, like about like 30 yards while Ramos was in the box and just took him down. And it was, that was a message. And, and I believe that that was after the stomp, right? So it was like, you know, yeah. And I, I, I you know what? That, I got big props, big credit uh, uh, to Dyer for that. And, and uh, I mean, not only because we all hate Ramos for his, his dark arts, but you know what? Here's the thing, right? You're going to live by the sword. You got to be prepared to die by it, right? Yeah, and uh, well, Dyer, remember, comes from the sporting. No, he's he's can't remember which academy he came from, whether it was the Porto Academy or the Sporting Academy, but he, he has he comes out of Portugal, right? Yeah. So Dyer has a bit more of a different education than yeah than many of the English yeah the players. sporting and it shows. And here's the thing, right? I mean, let's go back to this. Uh, England actually has a defense. You know, they actually have guys that you can like look at, and you're gonna see big, these guys are gonna be good players. As big, time goes so on. you can start left back. Luke Shaw did not play in these internationals yeah. because he was hurt. Uh, big blockhead Harry Maguire yeah. is, uh, but yeah, they strong team. Jordan Pickford, I think played played very well. Net, he is small for a keeper, but who cares? Yeah, I just want to. I, I just want to say one thing. I, I'm gonna wait for the results to come out of the Real Madrid game. Yeah. Um, uh, so Messi was subbed out. Actually, oh, he's injured. He's been hurt. Yeah. Sorry, we're just we're just following the game as we're going on. So Messi's been subbed out with an injury. Um, wonder how bad it is. But you're up to nothing. So uh, I just want to say one thing. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see the player ratings in the Real Madrid game because I have the suspicion that Ramos played very bad. He played awful in the Spain game. And, uh, you know, maybe this is it for him. Maybe it's time. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could see the look on Steve's go, face. Go to, he could go play in MLS now. Like, oh, go, please. Go I play hope for not. David Beckham. I hope he goes play for Inter uh, Miami. I hope not. I really hope not. I, I'm rooting for the MLS. I want the MLS to succeed. I don't want this shithouse guy there, man. Speaking of the MLS, Rooney, before we before we go to break, Rooney's free kick goal. Brilliant, man. Toronto. Holy. One of the best free kicks I've seen all year. For sure. How all far year. out now? Keeper maybe cheats a little bit because he's so far out, thinking he's going to cross it to the back post. But it's a good hit. And not only that, Rooney just seems to be enjoying himself, which is which is nice to see. He seems to really be enjoying football again. And I think there's a, there was a period there where he just did not look happy at United yeah. and Everton. But he looks like he's really enjoying football again. And I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, that was great. He deserves it. Uh, yeah. A lot of people, you know, have, uh, to me, Rooney's like the ultimate team, has been the ultimate team player 
for, for years. He, he always put kind of himself on the back burner when Ronaldo was at United. Uh, same thing he did with Van Nistelrooy. Uh, the, the important thing was that the team won. Yeah. Really, and it's yeah. always kind of been yeah. that way. Now he's kind of carrying this team. Eh? Would you say? I would say that he's definitely the leader yeah. uh, of the team. I wouldn't say he's the – well, he is probably the best skilled player in, in the team. Uh, but he's up there, so the legs don't work well, the way they used to. Like, remember, he was a remember him and Tevez at United were pit bulls, and they would like they'd break your ankles for the well, ball. That's that's the kind of guys you want, right? But I, I'll say one thing: um, after watching Rooney this this season at uh, DC United, and it looks like they're going to make the playoffs, right? Uh, Thank God. So Toronto plays Montreal tonight or tomorrow night, yeah. and if Toronto can beat Montreal, then Montreal's done. Yeah. So And DC goes ahead. Right? Yeah, and yeah. DC and DC just beat Toronto on Wednesday. Yeah. So So I mean here's the you thing. Think, yeah. you, you don't think Toronto does not want Montreal to make the playoffs? Yeah, right? I know I, I, I could see that Believe happening. Me. But I gotta be I gotta be honest with you. I think uh with DC entering the playoffs and the form that they're carrying in, I'm gonna be cheering for them. You know, I'm gonna be rooting for them. They're gonna get probably Atlanta or New York in the first hey. Round, so we'll see what happens. It's 11 guys against 11 guys, and the ball is round. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we return, we're just going to re- uh, give a bit of a preview to some of the upcoming Champions League matches this week. Some look to be pretty exciting. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Uh, upcoming Champions League matches this week, match day three of um, of the Champions League. We've got some we've got some really good matches on on for uh, Tuesday and and Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, the, well, there's uh, the ones that I would be interested in right off the bat. The number one one is going to be United Ju- uh, Juventus. Um, Before you say anything, uh, we don't normally curse on this podcast. But fuck you, Sportsnet, and fuck you, TSN. Just about to say the same fucking thing for not <laughs> getting the matches this season. This is this is this is bullshit that they can't afford this. Okay, uh, I'm sorry we're having this outburst, but this is just bullshit. Okay, I mean the fact that they, that, 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 I mean, what a slap in the face to football fans in freaking North America. First of all, I mean because a lot of Americans watch it on, on TSN too, right? And to lose rights to this, you know, uh, 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 burgeoning little online, online bullshit streaming company. Well, they're pretty yeah. good, actually. They've yeah, got, but, yeah, but, but come on, for Christ's sake. Is not, is not I mean, there's uneven kind of tele- broadcasting of, of matches. I mean, we, like, this is bullshit. And so, I'm sorry, I'm getting mad because I don't even have a, a good argument here other than just to say that it's fucking bullshit. So for those of you in Canada who cannot watch the Champions League but want to, if you go to Days In's Twitter account, they actually show like the five matches in one screen and rotate ger- through all the different matches throughout the day. You don't have to pay to use their service. Thanks, Steve. You can just watch the matches on their Twitter account. Thanks, you don't get a st- You don't get a steady one match. But you can watch everything that's happening. Yeah. I mean, the but this is the thing. I, you know, I hate. I really hate uh, sportscasters, and I hate sports television broadcasting. I mean, they're just awful freaking people. Uh, I hope we don't come off like that. But I'll tell you something, okay? Canadian sports broadcasting 
is particularly despicable. I mean, they've always been. I mean, they cannot see anything throughout. The, they cannot see anything outside of the prism of fucking hockey. Okay. So there, are, I will agree with you to a point. I do miss Jerry Dobson in in Sportsnet with Craig Forrest. Yeah. I do, I do still think Sportsnet does a better job of totally of coverage with, uh, with Danny Vecchio yeah, coming in. I agree. Uh, I, I'm much more of a fan of them than than listening to anybody on TSN. Yeah. Uh, although I must give props to my man. I always forget his name. Um, Scottish guy on oh, Stephen TSN. Caldwell. Caldwell does a great job. I, I, but that was smart. Yeah, they actually yeah. bring in people who have played the game or been around the game. And not. he's honest, eh? You know, like yeah. he's he's actually honest. About, about well, Scottish defense, like yeah, that's it's a good thing they got rid of Jason DeVos, and it's yeah. a better but thing I that mean, they brought in Stephen Caldwell. That other salami there that uh, he's got, like he's just the worst. Uh, J- uh, oh my god, I can't even pronounce his name. Yeah, I can't think of it right now. Blonde tinted yeah, hair. I know we know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, come when, on. When when he was on no, you're thinking Look Jim, how mad we are. We can't even we can't James, even remember these you're, guys. You're, names. you're thinking of Christian Jack. Christian yeah, just Jack. Not James Sharman because we Sharman like Sharman is cool. Sharman is cool. They're the Welsh guy. Sharman is cool. Like I actually think he's intelligent. But uh, Christian Jack, that's the guy. What a salami. Okay. So we broke our first rule yeah. uh, today, which was we were going to try not to insult anybody or curse on this podcast. But uh, if you enjoyed that outburst, let us know, and uh, and we'll, we'll bring those in more often. Back to what's actually important, Man United versus Huey. Okay, I, let me go first, and I'll be brief, okay? Yep. All I'm going to say is this. This is the yardstick for United. Okay, this is a big match. Okay, the one against Chelsea was was a, was a survival match and huge. But this is we're going to see if indeed there is progress and if indeed there is kind of like some sclerotic problem within you know the internal uh, dynamics of uh, the the locker room. I'm gonna board draw. We're gonna see a nil, and it's at Old Trafford, and then these two teams will then meet again in a couple weeks in the next match day round. You're going to see yeah. draws in both games because that's what Marie. You just know this is what Mourinho does. Well, then you know what? I'll say this: if that's what happens, then it's a success for United. I think so. Yeah, and I, they got it. If that's what happens, it's definitely a success for United. Yeah. If Mourinho can get two nil, uh, a one-one draw, or nil-nil draw, or just draws, right, or victory, of course, let's let's never rule that out, right? They could actually win. Uh, that 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 is success for for Mourinho and a failure for Juventus. But like, if we're gonna go on balance of teams' form, okay, you gotta say you gotta be honest. This is like Juventus, even though they're going into Old Trafford. Oh, Juventus Ronaldo, has got to be slight favorites. Ronaldo returns to the to the yeah. team that to the team that made him. Um, last time that happened, uh, Real Madrid ran out two one winners. After a bullshit red card, yeah. Marcelo the high boot. Um, I remember I really, that. I really hope that the Turkish guy uh, Kachir is not uh, refing this one because he's he's literally the worst. Well, I, yeah, I, I I don't know that. I, the other the other matchup that looks really cool is the Ajax Benfica game. To be honest with you, I, I probably you know if I had the choice to watch a match on TSN, I probably would pick Ajax Benfica because you know why. Um, United, two clubs with very yeah, good histories. Yeah, two clubs with good history. They both play very 
exciting football. And, you know, my antipathy towards Man United and Juventus, I mean, it's just one of those games that would raise my blood pressure. And I might throw, like, a no piece of pizza at the TV. Happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so I'd watch something that I would kind well, of you can't, you can't, like, there are too many Juve fans at the pizza place that we frequent. Oh, so well, yeah, yeah, no yeah. You know, go. I, I don't go there when, when, when Juventus from Milan plays. No. I just don't go there. Wouldn't yeah. be good. Uh, other interesting games on Tuesday, uh, Roma and, and Cheska, which could be a good match. So Roma's got to bounce back. Shakhtar and Man City. Last year, eh? Shakhtar gave it to Man City. Uh, you know, um, again, yardstick game, man. This is going to be a yardstick game for City because, you know, they they dropped that game to Lyon. They're going to need to get points somewhere else, right? And Wednesday, oh, my God, are we – well, we would be spoiled for matches if we could yeah. watch them. PSV, oh, PSV. This is so hard to kind of talk about this. PSV Tottenham uh, is the early Champions League game. I don't know why they started doing this, but – Money. Of course. <laughs> um, that'll be very interesting. A lot of Tottenham players are either Dutch yeah. or played played in, in the Netherlands. you got to give it – again, Tottenham's got to be slight favorites for this. Yep. Let's let's go down the list because there's at least four matches here. They're just great. PSG Napoli at P, at the at the Parc de Prince. Uh, yardstick game again. Three of for both teams. I think uh, Napoli's got to show up here. Napoli's got to show people that they're serious, uh, and I think they should. They have to. They put can them, now. Yeah. Neymar was rested today, um, along with a couple other players. But again, it's France. You can you can rest players pretty regularly. They could rest Neymar all season. And yeah. I mean, Napoli's got to go down fighting. You yep. know, what I mean, they got to show some courage and uh, integrity here. Top of Group A uh, battle: Dortmund and Atleti in wow. uh, in at the Westfalen Stadium. That's going to be a great match. That's going to be a great match. I think it's because it's going to be an important three points. And uh, it's against two teams that I actually think play really nice football, and it'll be interesting to watch. Um, the other game is Barcelona-Inter. Uh, this has the potential to be a great match, and we just read that. It's too bad. If Messi's hurt. Yeah, we just read that Messi is kind of like might have a broken arm, and it looks like he might be missing this match. Um, and if he does miss this match, I think that's kind of an equalizer. And, and, and you know, Inter would have to take advantage of this. Well, this is this is Icardi's chance to kind of show the world that he should have been in those Argentine teams, yeah. right? And and yeah, well, actually, it, it, it's I think I think it's more on Spalletti uh, to see what he's going to produce. Like if he's got courage and guts, you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, this Liverpool Red Star Belgrade, I mean, definitely Liverpool holds all the cards. But in terms of, like, you know, starred clubs, uh, you know, I wish this match was taking place in 1991, okay? This would be a much uh, – uh, this would be much interesting. I mean, uh, I, I hope Red Star puts in a performance here, uh, you know, uh, I, but I could see Liverpool putting five past Red Star in this game. I think that's fair. Um, my only real comments will be for Barca Inter is Barca has the a Clasico coming up after this match. So it will be interesting. By the way, uh, there are several um, of us in the Peña that live in the Ottawa region, and we're hoping to get together for that Super Clasico uh, somewhere. So we may be posting pictures. It will be, uh, well... Considering Real Madrid's form, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure 
uh, if you're a Madridista, just don't show up. Yeah, don't. Yeah, we like we don't want you there, man. Well, like, <laughs> like we like you all. If you are a Real Madrid fan, it's just like everybody makes mistakes, and yeah. that's yours. Yeah, yeah, you own it. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, anything else that's happened in the in the world of football that you just wanted to to add or a note? Um, there was an interesting article about the game becoming 4D, um, which I actually posted last night on the group. I think it's a really interesting uh, discussion. Uh, I, I, I'd like to get some feedback on that as we're having this discussion about managers and tactics and so on and so forth. Uh, other than that, I can't really think of anything that uh, kind of like st- oh, out. What about you? People did leave us some feedback on their on their favorite hard men and their yeah. their most hated divers. Yeah, Neymar. On, I think someone said Neymar on stylistic points alone. Yeah, um, hard men. No, I, I gotta be honest with you guys. Uh, none did. of you really. Uh, uh, Although Daniel Agger, I'll I'll give Bridget that because. Yeah, okay. We but, all have ties to our clubs. And Couto uh, 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 from uh, uh, Portugal was a great choice by uh, by Gio. But uh, man, I was kind of I was hoping to hear like some real good names out there, and, and no, nobody really came up with any good Hardman because I think see, Hardman are passe now. You know what I mean? Well, it's like how fighting has gone. Well, is trying to be gone from hockey, right? But I'll tell you something. I'm a firm believer. The one team that learns how to incorporate a hard man into this new structure, they're going to win championships. Yeah, you need a hard man that can yeah. also pass the ball. Yeah. That's not that hard to... <laughs> not Gennarino Gattuso, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but he had someone who could pass. Like It's either that or you find somebody who's just so good at passing the ball that you don't have yeah, to when, do it. When Gattuso would grab the ball and give it to Pirlo. Yeah. That's exactly it, yeah. Um, do you have a question you want to pose to everybody? To like in the similar vein, favorite manager. Yeah, anything, um, anything? favorite manager. You know, uh, one of the things uh, that I did some searching on was I was looking for female managers um, out there, and I came up short. I mean, the only one that I actually thought, but I, I don't What's know. What's her if name I, from the U.S.? Yeah, she was a Swedish player. Yeah, but I gotta be honest with you, I don't think she is a good manager. I mean, I think she comes out like, you know, there's a tradition there and uh, a veteran of the game and definitely has that. But I don't think uh, any kind of revolutionary kind of changes, although there's been some really interesting stories of of uh, uh, women managers in Italy. Uh, there was almost a, 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 there was a case where um, uh, a woman managed a team in Serie B, I believe. Uh, and I, I actually had this up, and I couldn't remember her name. But uh, I mean, sooner or later, I mean, this is this is what we have to bring is female managers. Uh, I, I, if anybody can uh, suggest something, that would be great. I'm not recognizing any names of any yeah. of these people. Let's see here. Yeah, if anybody knows of anybody, that would be that would be that would be awesome. Uh, the Dutch women's national team coach. Yeah, this is a thing I think that uh, another thing, like, I mean, this idea that men have to coach women's teams, it's kind of, uh, I wish that would kind of like. Not that men have to coach men's teams. Like, let's yeah, really yeah exactly. Exactly. Precisely. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a woman coach a men's t- team more than I'd like to see, you know. Here we go. Uh, Helen Acosta worked with the youth team. Now you do see them more working with youth yeah. sides. And that's amazing. I mean, this goes back to my theory that, Portugal is a football factory right now. Okay. 
I mean, uh, yeah, so she's a scout at Eintracht Frankfurt right now. Bingo. China, which is going yeah. to be, oh, uh, first ever woman to coach a men's team in, in Hong, Hong Kong, Kong Premier League. League. Okay. Really? That is fantastic. I'll have to do some more research on that. Yeah. Jill Ellis. Yeah, we know about Jill. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about Pia Suntaga. What's this? That's her name, yeah. See, they've they rated her number one. Yeah, they rated her number Swed- one. So she's managing the Swedish national team. The national team. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't think there's really some innovation. I think they gave it to her because she's just been around so long. Because uh, I kind of be honest with you, uh, the Americans kind of were a flop under her, right? Uh, well, considering that um, with uh, with Jill, they won the they won trophies immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, you know, uh, help us out here, please. Uh, this is something that we, uh, you know, admittedly, we fall short. And uh, we want to kind of uh, uh, level the field, man. So, take care. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Um, look for a podcast coming out midweek as well, uh, following up in our Cult of the Manager series. Um, we have pretty much the polar opposite of uh, of our namesake and we'll we'll give you a presentation on on, on him in a couple of days in that case uh enjoy your weekends hope yeah. your football is good hope the ball bounces your way